You're listening to The Black Hole Cafe, a podcast where we spend about 42 minutes discussing a topic that has grabbed our attention and just won't let go. I'm Taylor Wingfield. And I'm Richard Wingfield. Welcome to The Black Hole Cafe. Hey, Dad, welcome to The Black Hole Cafe. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Thank you. How are you? I am good. I am a little sweaty uh, because I went for a run earlier and forgot we were doing this. And then I had dinner and I haven't showered yet. So a little sweaty, but you know. Well, good. Well, we can, it, it'll be some follow-up then straight into follow-up from whatever our exercise episode was, because um, I was trying to, and I can get follow-up for exercise and my standard weather that people mm. won't care about months after we record this, but this uh, is true. Yes, I got out for a bike ride today and uh, was joking that I want the Dark Sky app to be minute by minute prediction <laughs> because I thought I had timed it perfect on when the drizzle was going to start and I didn't quite make it back in time, so I got a little wet. So we're both yeah. soggy or sweaty or stinky yeah, or whatever, that's, but that's it's audio. So nobody, yeah, can no tell. one will yeah. know except for you. And now all the people that listen that I've admitted <laughs> to, but it's fine. Um, yeah, that was, that's really like my follow-up is that, um, I am doing a program for work where we test, um, our shoes before they hit the market. And I'm really excited. I have to, I have to run a couple times a week and it's been, it's, I am very slow, very slow after not running for months. Um, I was talking with a couple of coworkers and I was just like, you know what? I did it. I'm going to get there again, but I am very slow. I, so, you know, but yes, I have started running again, which is very, very exciting. I'm happy about that. Well, you know, we, on the fitness follow-up thing, I've, I don't know when this will be released, but I have now past two years mm. of closing all three rings every day. Congratulations. So, um, does Apple give you like a big, no, those jerks. No, you should, if you get a whole year, there should be some extra badge. That's some nonsense. That is yeah. not user <laughs> surprise and delight. I just no. have to say we get all kinds of badges. Oh, you got a seven yeah. days. You did your thing. You get a special, you know, they do stuff where if you, do a certain amount of exercise on a particular day or weekend if it's right, national, you get like a little national parks day or whatever. Right. But how do we not get a badge? Tim Cook, if you're listening, we need a badge for a complete year of yeah. closing all three rings. And then the other, the other part for me is we were talking about, I've, I'm using the UA, my fitness pal more. And you were telling me, yeah, if you, if you run. So I was like, I hate running, hated it since track being forced to run track in middle school but I'm doing all these walks and I'm like oh, I can just start running a little bit man was it disheartening for the map my run telling me your pace sucks and you're off and you're <laughs> it's like okay well maybe this is, and I try to positive spin on that well maybe this is a good thing maybe I hate running because I have no rhythm I don't know what it is but if I listen to the app maybe it will make me like running more if I can get my pace right or whatever. Honestly, I do feel like I am a good user success story because I hated running until I realized that I was running wrong. 
And then when I like, it really does, it gives you like, you know, coaching in your ear to tell you like, by the way, you're doing this wrong. And it's not, it's not quite that harsh, but it it does feel that way, especially if you dislike running. (laughs) No, but it's like, was it pace or stride or whatever? It's like, it's probably your cadence. Yeah. yeah, it, It was something like, Hey, you hit the right cadence 1% of the time on this run. <laughs> You're like, okay, what is that? You know, the visual for any Monty Python fans is apparently I'm John Cleese doing the ministry of silly walks while I'm trying to. Yeah. Uh, it will get better over time. I, I Like I said, I, I was like that when I first started running um, with Matt Mai and I was like not able to get any type of percent in range ever, you know, and, and I, my run today was 86% in range. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. The other discovery I had was you had given me, um, what are they, the hover, the smart shoes that have the chip in them for my birthday mm-hmm. last year or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it just popped up and said, you know, I'm sure everybody thinks this is a marketing thing, but I thought it was great. It's like, hey, it's been keeping track of how many miles I've run. And it's like, you're at about 70% of the useful life of this shoe. So I can start shopping again or building my birthday list for you for February. <laughs> so Or Christmas list. Okay, you know. yeah, that's true. Whatever. Well, I don't know if I'll get that last 25% of miles in, but like you said, it's okay to abide before the shoe yeah, it's falls really off. Okay, right? Yeah, it's really okay, I promise. <laughs> Um, yeah, that is a really helpful thing, especially for runners who do like rotate their shoes so much. When you're using them for walking, it's not as big of a deal, but when you are using them for running, like you really do wear out the shoe. And so you need to like change them up. And so that's really, really helpful. Not, not a marketing ploy, a real running thing. Yeah, no, I, I know it's legit, but it, <laughs> and, and I love the tech in it. It's like, I've got a shoe with a chip in it. That's talking to my watch. That's talking to my me. phone. Yeah. That's, that's mapping things. So yeah. 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 So it's I interrupted really cool. you. You were going to say something about the pace or the cadence or whatever. Oh, um, that really like the trick is, or at least the thing that made it sort of click in my brain is you really want to take, like, it feels so funky when you're the first time you're doing it, but you want to take small steps when you run because most runners overstride. And so your feet basically should almost like barely touch the ground is kind of like the the cadence where like you're running over hot coals. Not that anyone really does that, but you know, you've seen it on television. (laughs) So it's like short, quick steps and it's so much easier on your body. Like, cause I used to hate running in it. Cause I would be like, it just hurts my body. Like my knees hurt. I, you know, whatever. And it's so much. So anyways, that's the sort of secret is that. Well, you know, now that you mentioned that I am certain that because all of my, um, athletic stuff growing up was tennis and what you, the way you run in tennis in quick burst and long strides and shuffle, you know, like which has nothing to do with right. Just running bad for running. Yeah. Not bad for tennis, but bad for actually doing running. So anyway, all fun things. Um, so that's good follow-up that these things can talk to you and coach you. And, um, so we'll, we'll see at some point if, uh, if when I break 5% or 10% or 20%. Yeah. Any of that is right. Yeah. All of it is, you know, any improvement. Improvement is, yeah, yeah. So that's all that matters. Um, 
any coffee? Oh, I do have one other update before we go into coffee. So we're recording this in October and I told you about this, but I'll share with our listeners um, because it's been something that's sort of like come back for me, which has been really fun. So uh, we're recording this in October, which uh, there is a sort of like social media uh, thing um, for all of October called Inktober, which was originally started as basically like this guy who was going to draw with pen and ink every single day in October and then shared it and sort of year after year became a really big thing. Inktober is now a company and they like release prompts uh, for every day in October. And I have fallen behind, but I was doing almost every day. I've basically been drawing every day, but some of my drawings take me more than a full more than a day to complete. So I sort of fell behind and then I got discouraged, but I have been using my iPad to, to draw a pen and ink in air quotes. Um, and, uh, so that's been really, really fun. So that's sort of a follow-up I have from our iPad episode is that I've been sort of back in the swing of drawing on the iPad and I've been using only the like inking tools um, right, right. And so like, I'll sketch it out and then I'll go over it with like an inking tool. And so that's been really fun. So I have, well, I have doing to, a lot of drawing. That's awesome. And you showed me it, a couple of them, I think, and that's great. And so, and, and I think the Inktober guys are doing stuff year round now. It's not. They are. There's yeah, Inktober yeah. 52 and then there's Inktober specifically just for October. Right. Yeah. Right. And I'll have to, this will be my reminder to share um, Tiff Arments. She's a nerd podcaster or whatever, but she's doing, those are off her iPad. Um, and she's got a really good feed uh, where she's made her own little kind of cartoon character. So they're not the elaborate things, but they are just a joy. So I'll, this is my reminder to put that in there. Followed it or watched some, yeah, looked at them. Yeah, they're really, really cute. I, they're like, um, like a little personal comic of hers and they are just like so much joy. I really, I really yeah. like it. Which is really what this, I have a couple of friends at work who have been like trying to keep, keep up with Inktober with me as well. And so that's been really fun. We have like a little thread in Slack where we post our like drawings that we've done every day. And so that's been, that's been really fun. It's been like a, it has sort of been like a little bright joy um, and creative outlet in a weird time. Oh, so, tough joke. Yeah. Yeah. It's been nice. It's like, a, I was trying to explain that I feel like drawing is really that kind of like, um, it takes a different part of your brain than like writing something or, you know, it's, it's almost like a Zen thing for me. Yeah. Um, and so it's been really fun. And then I was going to ask if you had any coffee follow-ups just to see how the, your cafe life is going. I, I, I do. I, we may have to keep it we may have to have this follow up in the next episode because, oh, okay. well, I mean, I'm going to tell you what it is, but then we'll have more in-depth follow up. Uh, good friend of mine from college talking about architecture buddies ha had been overseas for a long time. Anyway, he just sent us both some coffee that he brought back. Mine just arrived in the mail today. So I've not even opened it yet. So I haven't had a chance to drink it or whatever. Um, I'll have to go check my mail just to make sure. I and I'm thinking in a day or the two, other so. one I got from the, uh, the subscription, I don't know if they did this just for the pandemic, but the coffee I got is like, hang in there or something. <laughs> 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 so. I don't know. 
could just, I mean, that feels like what, how, what I need when I don't have my coffee in the morning. So I feel like <laughs> right. pandemic or not, it's good coffee branding. Right. Right. Sure. So, well, I was just going to say, we'll have to, uh, we can thank James on this show and then next show we'll, we'll, we'll have, do review. our tasters review. Yeah. Right? So. yeah. And, uh, we, we also just got, um, I just ordered, we are now these people, which I never thought it, we would be these people, but, uh, I now have a decaf coffee bag of beans also coming too. but, uh, but also like, to be fair, Pedro doesn't like as much caffeine as I do. Like it, it just doesn't like, you know, kind of like makes his heart race and things like that. And for whatever reason, I just am like, mm, put it in yeah, my right. yeah. into my system. I'll yeah. be fine. I can go to, I can have coffee at 4 PM and still be fine to go to sleep. Like no worries. Um, but so we did just get, I think it should be here tomorrow. So now we have a bag of regular coffee and a bag of decaf. Nice. Uh, that will yeah. Be we're, coffee. we're recording at eight 30 at night. I'm drinking coffee and I'll be fine. Yeah. I'm so. like, ah, it should be fine. No big deal. So anyways. Uh, so that was good. Yeah. Um, Cafe Corner. What are we calling it? Why can I not remember? I don't this? know. Cafe Corner sounds good. I believe you. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, so that is, uh, I think, pretty much it was a long follow up, but all good things. Yep. And we're uh, out of time. So, yeah, so it's great <laughs> to see you guys. Great talking to you. We'll see you next time. No. Um. So for today's topic, what is on the event horizon for today? Well, for today, I think we're just going to call it board games. And I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I figured this was uh, something that's been uh, maybe resurrected a bit during the pandemic and certainly part of my childhood and yours and what have you. So uh, specifically board games, we can do, we'll have to do a separate one on computer games because you and I have some pretty big history on that. So We do. We really do. I, yeah, I'm really excited to, to talk about this. Um, and I feel like, yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll get into it, but, um, so we'll start how we always start. And since this is your topic, let's talk about how this really got started for you and kind of what was your event horizon moment. Yeah, this was, this was a, a little hard to like, well, when did it start? Three children in my family. So my brother and sister, so there were three of us. And then we had on, on my dad's side, the, the cousins, there were five cousins there. So when we'd have holidays and, and we lived in New Braunfels and tourist town. So a lot of times the cousins would come down for weeks on end to be, you know, we'd all go swimming and, you know, that was their summer camp was staying with us. And so there'd be seven kids. And I think board games was the genius of the parents going, how can we keep all those kids occupied and out of trouble, right? When they're not off swimming in the river or whatever uh, growing up. And so we, I can't remember a time when we could talk and walk that we didn't have some kind of board games that we were playing. And uh, so it definitely started there. And I just have to add, you know, this, there's a in, in my mom's house, your grandmother's house, there is the quote game room, which is a converted attic up on the second floor that is full of games from all the way back in my childhood. I think there are games still in the box with all the pieces from the seventies in that room. So yeah, 
Yeah, I, yeah. I think like, well, and I'll just add, I know we normally talk about this later, but I'll just no, add this is, like- No, there's going to be no rhyme or reason to this because we're both like- <laughs> My first memories really of board games are at my grandmother's house, your mom's house, either in the, like basically picking, well, one, I have this like terrifying memory as a child of like some of the games, which were like vampire something or rather that had like this, what I, when I was a child, I considered terrifying image. Right. And I was like, I don't want to sleep in the game room because these monsters are going to come to life and like, <laughs> you know, get me in my sleep. But my earliest memories of playing board games are picking something out of that game room and bringing it downstairs and like playing on the floor of the living room at, you know, Grand's house. Like, because that was when, you know, there were lots of people together where we could play a bunch of board games. You know, if it was like me and you, we could play some card games and right, like, right. whatever. But, but having, those are really like my memories of like, trouble and sorry and monopoly and trying to do math in my head and I couldn't do it and like all oh. of the and hop and poppy hop and hop and poppies yes. don't spill the beans don't spill ants the beans. in your pants, in your pants. <laughs> yes all of those games google those it people were... we don't have time to explain all of these <laughs> I I remember being devastated when a hop and poppies piece would break because I I was yeah. so much fun yeah, I. The, and what was the one dynamite shack? Do you remember that where you had? Yeah, where you had the you little had two dynamite big, stacks, you had, and then they would. It had a little shack, and it had a timer on it, and it'd be click, 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 and the top is going to pop off, and you had <laughs> these little plastic dynamite <laughs> things, but you had to put them in the little chimney of the house but you had these massive plastic thumbs that you had to wear and you yes. had to pick it up with. And so then and it then, would explode. You didn't know when it was going to explode and all that stuff. So, and then don't break the ice. Oh, don't break the ice was it's phenomenal. This, like, uh, plastic square with like some plastic ice cubes. I mean, they're not real ice cubes, but plastic ice cubes. And you had, it was almost like pixie sticks where you are. Um, right. Where you, pixie sticks. What are that? What's that called? Are they pixie sticks? Yeah, pick pickup sticks. Pickup right? sticks. But, yeah, pickup yeah. sticks. Pick sticks. <laughs> oh, and um, then there's their kaplunk, but never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And you had to like break the. You had to basically like you had this tiny little plastic hammer, and you had to push the ice out of this ice tray, and not make it all spill. And I think there was maybe like some piece was, on top. There or was something. a little guy sitting on yeah, a stool or whatever. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I, so I'm going to make my anyway. life hard for this episode and promise that if I can find them on the internet, I will put links in the show notes to all these old bizarre games that we... And I, that was my other thing that I didn't quite realize that these were like older games because I would, I remember like <laughs> we would go to Grant's house and we would play all these games and then... I would like go to my friends' houses or we would like talk at school and people had no idea what these games were. <laughs> and I was like, how do you not know what these games yeah, are? Right. Because I didn't realize they were old games. Right. That were like, I mean, some of them like, sorry or whatever, obviously right, we're right. around, but like some of them were super old and I just like, was like, how do you not know about these games? Right, They're so right. much fun. People were like, what is that? Well, the other thought I had when you're talking about old games versus kind of 
new games and perennial games, right? So I, when I was thinking about this um, and you were talking about people, you know, we'd have like sometimes people like over the holidays, you'd have to walk through another room to get to the kitchen because the floor was so full of kids and board games, right? So, yes. um, but we had, I've had, I don't know how many Monopoly games over the years. I've had the Centennial version that came in an actual metal box and had the wooden pieces and all that kind of stuff. So, but we would play Monopoly and all the pieces would be taken, right? There'd be that many people playing. Like you were talking about like, you know, what we could play just the two of us. And I had this thought that I know so many people that are like, oh, I hate Monopoly. It's so boring. I've never finished a game of Monopoly. And I'm thinking, I've probably finished hundreds of games of Monopoly <laughs> with this group of, people you know, always yeah. say that. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Like, I would play Monopoly until I was dead. Like, we, <laughs> right, you know, right. of course we just played until we were finished. Like, right. well, obviously. and if you didn't, you, you made sure the game stayed for the next day. You could go to bed and finish it the next day. Right? Yeah, so, of course. So obviously how it started was a very family oriented thing and just been there since I can, can remember. And then I was thinking about the event horizon. So you, I'm assuming you remember LCRA camp, but the, so my grandfather worked for the lower Colorado river authority. Oh yes. And up. Yes. I do remember this marble falls, you know, out in Texas, they had a place where they had some cabins that employees could rent. And that was kind of, we, like we never, growing up, never had formal summer camps or anything that I went to, but all the, the, the parents got together and I don't know how much they paid the grandparents, but the grandparents would take all the kids and the cousins and whatever for like a week. And it got to be such a big thing that we would get two or three cabins because as we got older, it wasn't just the kids and the cousins, everybody bring a friend from middle school or high school or whatever. And so um, it was, you know, the Wingfield clan there doing this stuff, but all those cabins had screened porches and after dinner, we'd all be out on the screen porch at the tables playing board games of whatever kind. And then there'd be a main cabin somewhere that everybody went to that cabin to play to play board games. So I think the event horizon was, as we started doing that, it was no longer just on these holiday things, right? It was who's coming to LCRA camp? What games are we bringing? There'd be coordination about who's bringing what game. And, I love it. Yeah. I, I, I think like, I guess I feel like board games have had sort of like a bit of a resurgence recently, like within the past, like at least within like my my peers right like my groups yeah. of friends yeah pre-pandemic um, even right yeah it was yeah, already, absolutely. yeah yeah because yeah. like even I had a I had a co-worker a previous job who actually owns a opened a board game bar in Austin and so they basically like you go and you pay either a table fee or like depending on how you want to do it right you pay a table fee and you can get like as many games you basically like take, they have boxes and pun boxes of games and you like have your server bring you a new game whenever you're done. And so you can just go and they have like bar food and drinks and alcohol. And it's just like an adult board game bar where they have things from like, you know, sorry, 
all the way to, you know, they have like Clue and all these things, but also right. Trivial Pursuit. Yeah, got to be Trivial Pursuit. And like, I don't know if they have Pictionary and those things, but yeah, I was thinking yeah, about absolutely. the modern versions of the big game stuff. There was, God, probably 10 years ago or more, there were some places in Houston that were coffee shop, bar, bar food, you know, but it was a, they were near, the ones I knew of were near Rice University. So, but you'd get this mix of college students and, and professors and people in the neighborhood. And there were just shelves full of games and people would come in and sit down yeah. and go pick a game off the shelf and they'd be having their coffee or happy hour drinks and some snacks and exactly. playing board games. Right? Exactly. So. And that's like, I feel like, you know, especially like we, my group of friends, you know, even I think now are relatively uh, nerdy in this way because we all play D&D and like all that kind of stuff. But even games like Betrayal, which are basically like almost like mini D&D games, but they're board games too, where you're basically like building this house and you have this like tabletop game. And so they're, um, I feel like board games, there hasn't really been a time in my life where I like wasn't really playing board games. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, I have and I, two just popped into my head that we have to talk about a you know, card game. I mean, we're adding card games to this, even if it doesn't have a I board. Have, right? I have three that I so want to make Millborns sure. Millborns has to be yes. in there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and again, I'll put show notes in Giovanna and I take Millborns when we go camping because you can play it with two people. With two people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it's a thousand miles in French or whatever. And anyway, it, that one, and then might be part of event horizon for me, although it's more a, when I was grown up. So the event horizon would certainly be when we were a kid, but as an adult, I remember over holidays, us playing Balderdash. Yes. It, as a family and having to take breaks because everybody's laughing so hard and tears and they can't breathe. <laughs> yes, so. absolutely. Balderdash has to be, has to be in there. Yeah. And then, so those are your two. My, my third one, which is, I guess like sort of maybe all in one, but is that we used to play you and I chess and Chinese checkers yep. all the time. Because again, those are things you can play with two people. And so like growing up, like even just playing those, and what was the one where you dropped the, you had little like jewels or beads and you like put them into a little, there's like each person has a, uh, it's like a wooden board and you have like pockets on each side. There's like, I don't know, like six pockets on each side and you like have a thing of beads or like stones and you like oh, put them uh, pente yeah and you put them in the thing yeah. just like i remember yeah. all all of these but yes balderdash and millborns were the two that i like the big ones that i was going to be like we played those so much and do you remember up. playing uh battleship of course yeah you saw my yeah. battleship right so again i if, had if you people don't had, know these games you're just gonna have to google it or look in the show notes but <laughs> So I had a, this was before like, or maybe it was because we at some point like couldn't afford one or whatever, but I think it was before Game Boys were a thing. But I, do you remember this? I had a like basically hand 
video game, like handheld video game that was Battleship and another one that was Yahtzee that I used to play on car rides because we had played and like those were a couple of the ones that we played in real life. And then I would play these like Battleship. I don't even, it's like, I can picture the like- right. what it looks like in my brain, but it was basically, uh, if you're thinking like big um, standing video game, but just handheld version, right, but it was right. only Battleship. And then I had a separate <laughs> one that was only Yahtzee and I would play them on car rides and things. And I think we even got at some point, you know, cause Battleship was a, it hinged open like a, a book, mm-hmm. right? And you're, e- you're either, you're on either side and there's a grid and, and you have these little plastic, you know, you have your Navy and you put your boats and the boats were anything from, uh, I can't remember the names of each one, but like one boat would only be two, two have two and holes in it. Have and then your the big bigger, one. Yeah. aircraft carrier would have five or six or yeah. whatever it was. And so you had to say, you know, G4 and then the other person, you can't see anybody else's stuff and you're tracking where you're dropping bombs or whatever it was and you're putting these little pins in. Long story to say, I think we were so excited when we got an electronic version because people like my brother would cheat and just say, no, everything's a miss, whether you get right. Yes. So oh you, had to, you had to have, had to be That's playing the, with somebody with some level of honesty. In that that game, is the right? other thing that I remember playing with part with parts of your family and that your brother. So we call him crazy uncle Daryl, or I used to call him that. <laughs> yes, I don't think yeah. anybody else called him that except for me, but, um, but because he would just do that, he would just cheat in yeah. games. And I was like, no, yeah. you cannot do this. You and I are like, these are the rules and this is how you play. Yes. And he's like, I was, whatever, it's flexible. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was telling, who was I telling about this? I think I was telling somebody at work about this the other day, but I was like t- telling people why I was such a bad babysitter. And it was, I was like, look, I love to play games. But I do, I like to play games with the game's rules. I read the instructions. I like to understand how these games work. And when a kid is like, well, I want to play by these rules because I don't like those. I'm like, no, no, I don't enjoy that. I'm like, these are the rules. You can't do that because it's against the rules. And like as a babysitter or as a kid, they're like, well, that's not fun. And I'm like, yeah, but those are the rules. They're important. (laughs) Well, I, I, one more thing before, because I think that's a, a good intro or lead into kind of the, the next segment of how this evolved for me anyway. But bef- before we go on from chess, do you remember the Black Lab pub? Yeah, of course. With the, the had giant the, chess? And yeah, we, they the had chess a- chess pieces that were my, the size of me. Yes. So out, outside this, for our listeners, outside this pub in Houston, I think it's still there and they may still have it, but- It is because it's right next to the public library. Right. And it and they had a, pay, a, a grid paved patio that was probably two foot square concrete pavers and they'd alternate black and white. And so it was basically a big, big chess board and the big plastic chess pieces were probably three feet tall, mm-hmm. three and a half feet tall. And most of the time, what people, parents would be out there and the kids are just playing with these life-size chess pieces. 
and you would get so angry because we would actually be playing a game of chess and some kid would come up and just start walking off with a pawn and you're like and and like you said you are the size you're barely the size of these things and the other parents are looking at me like you're kidding me that girl actually knows the rules to chess and you guys are you guys are playing we're so sorry our son just was trying to ride the knight off the edge of the board yeah exactly that was always people were shocked it was like they she knows the rules and actually wants to play yeah i don't have (laughs) you chained to the chess board right yeah it's like you guys ready to order no we still got half a game to go yeah sorry we can go yeah (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was great. But so talking about the, the rules thing. So I do know that I'm kind of the same way and, and the family would get frustrated because we'd get a new game and they'd be like, let's just play. And I'm like, got to read the rules. How can you just start playing if you haven't read what the rules are? That's me to a T. We tried to play. It was like a while ago, but it, basically like now, anytime we're like trying to play, I mean, obviously before quarantine, like Pedro will just hand me the rule book and he's like, we're going to get everything set up. You read this because (laughs) you are the one that's going to teach us how to make this happen. So I think it started the, the, the rule thing. The first breaking of the rules was we went with the never ever in the rule book stuff in Monopoly where all the fines that you got from all the cards went in the middle of the board. We called it the mush pot. I don't know where that came from, but you know, anyway. But know. that's what I call Instead it. <laughs> of all the fines going to the bank, and this is a global thing, and you'll see people talking about Monopoly as like, this rule never existed, <laughs> whatever. So, but you know, that was one of the few that was okay with me. It's like, no, that rule makes sense. We've all agreed that. And then if you landed on free parking, you got all that money. So it was kind of your win the lottery <laughs> to, yeah, if you were yeah. having financial problems in Monopoly. Yeah. But that grew. And to, to show the level of obsession with games over time, and I still do it, Giovanna and I have a, a, the big chief kind of tablets, drawing tablets that are 17 by 22. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they're pretty big. We have those and prismacolors and markers. And we have a, a little box full of all kinds of miscellaneous game pieces and dice and whatever. And this been a thing, as long as I can remember, you know, see what you remember of this, but making our own board games, right? So then we, we still got to play by the rules, but we get to make up all the rules. We get to draw the board game. We get to the board. We get to color it in. We get to decide what the pieces are, some rock you found out in the driveway that you liked, right? So so correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember this starting because I had a school project where I had to do this, basically, or it was some type of creative spin on a project. No, it that- was a, it, my recollection is the same thing. It was a school deal, and, and it... I'm sure it was trying to teach logic and, you know, like, so make up a board game and it was supposed to have some educational, you know, bent to it, I'm sure. But yes. (laughs) But I remember we, like, I had, I think I remember like taking this to school and being like, 
really like I had spent more time on this project than pretty much anyone else in the class, I think. Cause I had like a working game spinner and yeah. like all these rules and like, if you land on the purple space, then this happens. And like, yeah, I totally remember that, that it was like a thing. And then I think we did it like maybe once or twice more or something like yeah. something like that. But I know you and Giovanna have done it a bunch. Yeah. We'll have just spend an afternoon and do some scribbles. What are we going to do? What's the concept? And we'll, <clears throat> we'll draw a game board and get out the Prisma colors and color all the different squares. And then, you know, it starts simple as the, oh, if you land on this, you have to go back three squares and, you know, kind of thinking of classic games like Game of Life kind of thing, right? Yeah, Stuff yeah. happens or to Or Candyland or whatever. Candyland yeah. or shoots and Ladders or whatever. But they've gotten complicated. Like we have some where there are three by five cards. It's like Giovanna wanting to do our own version of like Trivial Pursuit or whatever. And like there are three by five cards where there are questions and answers and she had to look stuff up. And, you know, the problem with those is you have to keep making more of them. Yeah, so, yep. <clears throat> but yeah, the making your own board games. And I have to tell uh, way past the event horizon for me, and then we'll get to your, your, I'll ask you the questions about this, but the, there was a movie that came out when I was in college called Quintet. Nobody's ever heard of it. I don't know if they ever released it for real. It may have done so poorly, um, but it was kind of, and it had like Paul Newman and it had some big people in it, but it was one of those go to the theater on campus and it was like a pre-release or whatever. And, and we went and watched this movie and it was this weird kind of dystopian future kind of thing. And there was this game where that happened in real life where everybody drew a number or whatever, however you had to participate. But for each person, there was a person you were supposed to murder and a person that was going to murder you. And then when, when somebody gets taken out, then you have a different person. It's kind of a last yeah, man yeah. standing kind of yeah. thing, right? We used to play this in college, not with real murders, but with spoons. Yeah. yeah. So that, but this movie came out, it was called Quintet and it was a, a pentagonal, um, there was a game, but then people played it in real life in the movie, right? So mm -hmm. I spent probably weekends coming home from college. I can't remember if I did it in the summer or on weekends or whatever, but it probably took weeks to build. <laughs> but I had wood shop tools, built this pentagonal board that was probably three feet across with light and dark mahogany pieces, leather inset in the oh middle. Oh my gosh. And we played that in college. I mean, we played the quintet game and we knew like trying to get all the rules from the movie site and how it all worked. And anyway, but like, you know, wood shop project to build this. Oh it's, it's somewhere at Grant's house. How we'll cool. have to go look at it next time we're yeah. there. Um, but that was, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, board games. And, wow. and oh, one, one more story. So in our college dorm, again, the architect, <clears throat> the buddy and I, we built a frame to take one of the you know, you get a standard college dorm room, you come in the mm. middle and there's kind of the beds on either side, you know, 
we built this heavy duty four by four wood frame and took the whole piece of furniture and put it. So we had bunk beds in our dorm room, Yeah, yeah. which opened up floor space that we could actually have a table. And so our room, our dorm room freshman year was kind of the party room game. And it wasn't party like drunken party. It was like, that's where the game room was. Yeah. Another classic game. I don't remember if we ever played it much, but risk. Mm. So it's a, you know, world kind of war game, but it's mostly dice and statistics and you're moving your armies and all. We, I remember we duct taped them together. We got two risk boards, put them together so that we could have more guys on the dorm floor play. And we'd have like these week, month long risk games going on that are two boards together. And, you know, like you want to get kicked out of the club, like exiled. (laughs) <laughs> you're the guy who bumps the table and the pieces oh, move man. around and nobody knows where things were. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. So anyway, we could, we could go on for hours, but I'll stop. So you've already answered some of this, but mm. you know, are you, are you're obviously a fan of board games. And yeah. so how did it start for you? And you know, what did you really love about it? Um, about yeah. board games? I, you know, it's something that I know I haven't really thought about in a, in a long time of like how it got started. And I guess really, like I said, my earliest memories are really like being at, um, at grand's house, your mom's house and, and playing with, you know, lots of people in the house. And I think the other thing too, is that, you know, for me, the first, you know, part of my, my, for my childhood, right. I was an only child. And so, I have so many memories of not playing board games with other kids, but playing board games with all adults. <laughs> yes. Um, and like, sometimes I remember being on a team with like someone, you know, like one adult, but for the most part, I sort of remember like when I was younger, people kind of helping me out and being nice to me. But but I feel like by the time I could like be on my own and didn't need a team, I maybe like, I don't know. I want to say when I was like six or seven, it was sort of like ruthless. It was like, nope, this is how yeah. the game is played. <laughs> if you're losing, you're losing, you know? I and think I you're right. Like- I was, when you said that, I was thinking somewhere in the six to eight range, you were like taking charge and explaining the rules to <laughs> to my dad and like, nope, you're cheating. That's not right. <laughs> no, you can't do that. Yeah. And I, I do sort of remember like th- that, that is sort of ca- like how I grew up. And I, I like remember playing some board games at like slumber parties and things like that, that for the most part, I feel like board games were always like a really family thing growing up. And um, a holiday thing, I think. And a right. holiday it's, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so and so I, I definitely like, I think that's sort of how it started. And I do feel like it was, it is sort of a weird thing that I didn't, I always played with adults for whatever reason. Like that was just always what we did was like, we're just all going to play a board game together because it was all easy to understand yeah. and like, you know, whatever. And I, I don't know about. Well, like, and I would say I, whether I forced it on you or not, when we would. <laughs> when we would need games that are just two person games, it was always strategy games, right? It's whether it was chess or do you remember the one I can't, it was called Abalone or something, but there's big marbles. Black and white pieces. 
and you're pushing and the whole idea is to push a chain of marbles to knock the other guy's marble off the edge of the board or whatever. But it was always, I mean, cause I love those strategy games and I think, you know, whether you wanted to or not, you learn to love them. Right? So. Yeah, I really did. And I feel like I, I, I also feel like it really taught me how to be um, not a sore loser because I, like I said, I played with adults. Like I, I often lost because I (laughs) not, you know, and like, that's it. But I do feel like it was sort of one of those things where I was really, um, I played a lot of board games. And so I don't, I, and I definitely like the things that I care about with, with board games and games in general are like, are the rules being followed? (laughs) not am I winning or am I losing, right? Like as long as everyone's playing a fair game, like I am totally fine and I'm happy to lose and it's like no problem. But as soon as someone is like, well, this is like maybe the, it's like a guy, I'm like, no, I get so (laughs) upset. So I do feel like that was something that really served me well later was I I feel like I learned how to be a good loser in a lot of those games, which I thought. Well, learn how to learn how to um, enjoy the process and the competition, even if you don't win. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Like I remember the things that I remember most about those games, especially things like Millborns and like Hob and Poppies and, you know, Sorry or Trouble were (laughs) us like playing the games. Like I have this super vivid memory and no one is going to understand this because no one has played Millborns except for us, but of like, <laughs> you know, you get, you get a Kufare and just throwing it on the table yeah. and being like, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. like just getting really excited about playing the game, which I think is like the same thing with Clue. Like I get very excited about like finding the things and like the experience of playing a game and like the same thing with sorry, when you send someone back to the start and everyone's like, sorry, you know, like does the thing. And those are the, I feel like that's sort of where I really like found my love of games was just like, like you said, loving the competition, but not really caring about the result or not being upset by, by the result, you know, like that was never something because I, I, we played so many that it was just like, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Yeah, yeah. Eh. Well, and I you think know? the other thing that's interesting now that you bring all that up, and I hadn't even, I mean, I'd thought about it, but not until you've said it tonight for this podcast that I, I wish I could say this was genius parenting on my part, <laughs> but I loved those things, playing the games and doing all that. But now more so with Giovanna, and I've heard it from pediatricians and whatever that these things there's certain kinds of games and a lot of them were the ones we played can teach critical thinking and executive functioning and all this kind of stuff like even Millborns there's all kinds of strategy in this dumb game where you're just trying to play your cards to get to a thousand miles and do you play your mileage card or do you put a, a hazard on the other person and do you do you play the 200 mile an hour card and lose your bonus points for a safe yes. trip? And, but all that's executive functioning. We didn't know that all that. I didn't know all that. We're just having fun playing games. Right. But yeah, but I, right. I do like, I remember like, especially when it was just the two of us. Right. Cause there was nobody else with that was like, come on, you have to make a decision or you have to do these things or whatever. Right. Yeah. But it was like, 
when we would play specifically i remember with like um i guess it was abalone abalone or something something like that that. i think it's another foreign name yeah yeah um or even like chinese checkers or, or the pente game where you're trying to yeah where you're you're trying to tra- empty. trying to get five in a row yeah five of those little yeah jewels yeah. in a row and so you're yeah. either trying to get your five in a row or block the other person and all that kind of stuff yeah 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 and i i remember like i would we would sit and analyze our next move and think about like, okay, well, if I do this, then he's going to do this thing. And like, and then I even remember we would finish a game and then we would talk about like, well, you made this mistake. And so three moves ago, you did this thing. Yes. And it really is like, I, I totally didn't think about that. If people did not know we were nerds before after this episode. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be fairly obvious, but it really is. And I think I still, you know, what's really funny is Pedro makes fun of me for this all the time, but we often like either we'll play video games together or, he'll play a video game and I'll be drawing or watching or what, you know, sort of like backseat gaming. There are often games where you have to complete puzzles. I also have a very big love for puzzles. Yes. Anyway. That's the separate episode that we'll separate get episode. into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I, um, but he'll often make fun of me because those are the only times where he's like, I don't, this is stupid. I don't want to do this. And I'm like, give me the controller. Like I want to <laughs> solve the puzzle. And we have to move this thing and do this thing over here. And, oh, can you try spinning that thing or touching that? And right. it's like, I mean, some of that is like, we can talk about. Yeah, but that's clue, like, right? But it's clue or it's missed or it's whatever. You right. know, it's like all of these like strategy of like, okay, I don't want to ask you because I know you have these cards and I want, you know, in, in the, yeah. I'm trying to figure out who has this. And like, I have always loved that kind of critical thinking of like yeah. trying to solve a mystery or decode a puzzle or, you know, like. Well, even go back to the don't break the ice, right? So games that were for, that you could play with small children, right? They, they don't have to read. They don't have to. But it's a little grid and these little plastic things that are supposed to look like ice cubes are pressure in there and you're tapping them out. It's kind of like a suspended version of what is it, Jenga? Like where you're trying to yeah, figure exactly. out which which thing which to pull that, pull that doesn't collapse doesn't the whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah, That's exactly. critical thinking. And can the yeah. kids learn by doing like, oh, yeah, when you hit that last one on the row, they're all going to fall, <laughs> right? So. Yeah, and I, I, that's totally something that I never really thought about of like why all of those those types of like like puzzle solving and critical thinking are things that I really enjoy. But it definitely, I think, is like absolutely something that you can that you learn from from board games and puzzle games. Well, the other one we haven't talked about that we had travel versions of is when we learned and we're doing backgammon, right? Because Mm. how many different moves are there to like, oh, I can move this one over here or that one. I need to protect this thing. And you're working around the board and and back to our rules-based stuff. You know, the most quoted line in all the games Mm. 
piece laid is a piece played, oh, right? Whether it's dominoes or whatever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. I, so I you take your hands off that chess piece, you take your hands off that domino, whatever you. <laughs> oh my God. I say this all the time. Like I, I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, like I remember, that's what I mean with like me. I think that's sort of like the other weird thing about like my relationship with board games is that I did play with adults a lot of the time. <laughs> and so I really got no mercy when it was like, no, you put that piece Sorry, down. Sorry, you're seven your years old. Off. Stop crying. No. Yeah, like you don't get to, which I'm I'm sure no one was that really that no, harsh with no. me. But that is sort of how I remember it of like, you have to learn your lesson because you put that down and that's played now. No, you well, can't take it back because yeah, you thought of yeah. something different. Like The good news is my dad was not a big game player so he could care less so you usually weren't dead last because he didn't that is very true there was usually someone who was worse than me <laughs> when he was playing but yeah I mean I think like it really was I I that is that is definitely something like I know a lot of people find or maybe some people do but um find like board games boring but I could play like I could still play sorry as an adult and like yep. find it exciting, you know? Yep. Um, so I definitely, that was, I think something that you uh, definitely instilled in me growing up was just sort of yeah. just love of like, we're going to play a game. Great. I'm excited. Yeah, I love a game. All in. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, you know, we usually ask this question about what's your biggest failure. I don't know how either biggest failure or what's resource gadget tech or whatever. Mm -hmm. I thought about the failure and, the only thing I could think of was I got so sick of Candyland and Shoots and Ladders. It's like when my children were little, it's like, we got to get past this stage of these horrible games <laughs> so we can well, get to some fun games. Um, and then I, I, but really the biggest failures have been, and they're not even failures because we have so much fun making up our own games, but Giovanna and I have done some that are just unwinnable. <laughs> and and we play it you know you you design it and you make the rules and then you play and you're like okay nobody's gonna win what rule do we need to change and at some point we're like screw that tear the paper off let's make a new game <laughs> right yeah, that yeah. one that one was a failure it just it's it's not fun it's unwinnable you know so I I don't know if I have any like this is what I was kind of saying before of like you know, I have friends who will tell stories about their families who get super competitive and like, you know, flip right. tables during Monopoly or whatever. And then like, that was never sort of a thing that I really had. So I don't really have any of these like failures where I'm like, oh, I got really upset or too competitive or like, you know, right. I had a really horrible loss or something <laughs> like that. But you I haven't do been banned from any households. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> I, I haven't. Um, maybe for being too much of a stickler on the rules, because I, <laughs> I do get people upset with me for that. But I think the thing that I like really, <laughs> uh, which is maybe like, um, this isn't, it's not necessarily my biggest failure, but it is certainly um, my uh <laughs> I would imagine it is what is most annoying about me when I play games um, or at least like there were certain games that I love to play because I'm really, really good at them. <laughs> 
And one of those, and this is not a board game because although I guess technically it was a board game, it just had a DVD that went along with it, which was, Mm. do you remember seeing it? Oh, yes. Yes. And you were good at that. And, and yes, I, it was a board game. You watch some stuff on you TV, watched some but stuff there was, and then you had pieces. You were moving around on a board and yeah. 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 Uh, so you had pieces, you were moving around on a physical board, and then you had like, oh, this was a square. You had to, it was almost like a visual trivial pursuit, kind of. Right. But you had like Disney edition or like whatever edition. And I was really good at the Disney edition and really good at the Harry Potter edition. Yeah, and yeah, those imagine were the, that. Yeah. I know. And those were the ones, I think that this is, this is the other thing is we had a game that was like some Hogwarts house game. It wasn't quite Trivial Pursuit, but do you remember right. this? It was like a board game where you each were in your own house. It was almost maybe like, sorry, where you were trying to get to the center of the board. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, and you had to answer Harry Potter questions. Right. And then like, there was another, uh, these are all sort of related. I think you can see where I'm going with this. Where I, like, <laughs> Played Trivial Pursuit with some friends. We played Harry Potter Trivial Pursuit. And we had to change the rules because I kept getting too many yeah. in a row. Yeah, when you get to media knowledge on Disney or Harry Potter, you yeah. have to just make the drinks you can't play because <laughs> right. nobody and so else like, can, yeah. That I think is not necessary. It's probably my biggest failing while playing <laughs> uh, while playing board games is I love games like that where I'm really good at them yeah. and yeah. can like flaunt my knowledge. Like I said, I'm not super competitive, but I do like those types of games where I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know this. I know all of these. Even if it's not my turn, I'm going to answer yeah, it, right. you know, yeah, like right. that kind of thing. So I feel like those were, I feel like people got sick of me because I'm like, oh, you don't, nobody wants to play Disney seen it with me. Yeah. yeah. No? So that I think is maybe like my, <laughs> my biggest failing when playing board games. And I don't know what we talk about for gadgets or tech or resources other than maybe it's just nostalgia for me, but every Christmas there's a game somewhere in a stocking and whatever, and it is not, again, we'll do our separate episode on computer games and puzzles Mm -hmm. and all those things that that were also part of your growing up and and what we loved, but the the resource to go, whether it's Amazon or look online for there's some places where you can get all kinds of interesting board games to actually have the physical board game and sit down. Like, I think you can get all electronic monopoly and, you know, you can play battleship on the computer and all that kind of stuff. But there's, for me, there's something about the physical board and everybody it's on the table and everybody's sitting around the table and, and, you know, there's tactile, there's stuff you can touch. And, and then the, the other one for me is look at, there are so many good in the future when we can be together again, Mm -hmm. there's so many good, I don't want to call it party games, but they're participation games where you're answering questions or you're doing creative answers. Like Balderdash is one of, if you have people that are humorous or creative at all that game is phenomenal to just sit around and and play so look for those kinds of games too where there's creativity and interaction not just you know some people might be bored with all the strategy games that you and I love so yes that's true <laughs> and I will say I think the other thing that I'll say is like right now like obviously Pedro and I are a household of two one of the we there are plenty of like 
there are a lot of a fair amount of board games that you can play with two people. Like we have one right now, which is more, it's almost like a tabletop RPG kind of it's, it's not, it's not like a Dungeons and Dragons deal, but it's kind of in that same vein where you have a character, you have cards that you can use in these like, you know, encounters or whatever you have health. And so you're just basically, it's like a, we're, we're excited because we're going to play on Friday because it's, again, it's spooky season. This won't come out in spooky season, but it's the Friday before Halloween. And so it's kind of almost like this, uh, like horror board game where, weird things are happening in a town and you have to go explore the town. And so you're moving your token around on the board and different things happen. And so like, um, I I think there are, you know, even while we can't, while we sort of have to be within our households, there are still some fun games. Well, that could be- Lots of people have- Follow up, go back to the D&D episode that there would be boards, but yeah. now you can do that online and you guys are playing D&D with people all over, right? So there is yeah. certainly tech resources even for the board game stuff, so. Yeah, yeah, that was gonna be my other thing is like, you know, put things like Roll20 where you can have um, basically virtual tabletops, which I find like very nice. And it's still in this time where we can't have always like physical board games and things like right, that and we can right. all be together. Um, it is like a really nice way that still feels like very tactile. I can still draw on my roll 20 tabletop. You know, right, I can right. still like move pieces around on a board. It's still a grid. It feels very like right. kind of true to that sort of what you would normally play like D and D on or something like that. So there definitely are resources out there and I feel like the holidays are coming up too. So it's yeah, a good time yeah. to get all those board games. <laughs> That's together. right before the holidays. Well, I think that's, we're certainly going along, but we knew we would because we love this so much, but then. Yeah, it's just a lot of nostalgia for us. Of like, yeah, remember yeah. this game? Remember this <laughs> game? Right. Yes, I love those games. Yeah, doing the show notes on this is going to be a pain for me. Oh, I mean, sure. I didn't even get to mention all the Avalon Hill games, which were all the other strategy games that we used yeah, to play. Yeah. So, um, so, but I think we probably need to move on. So. We're now at our section for the media black hole, our special feature every episode. So what do you have for suggestions this week that might be books, movies, TV shows that are worthy of getting sucked into either recently or uh, way in the past, something that you would recommend for the media black hole this week? Yeah. So my recommendation for this week is going to be uh, Lovecraft Country. It is spooky season. So I am all about the spooky things in this household. Um, we've been like playing spooky video games like Luigi's Mansion 3 uh, and, you know, doing a lot of like uh, watching just a lot of fun sort of spooky things since it's October and Halloween is right around the corner. So I'm only four episodes in, or we're only four episodes into Lovecraft Country. So I obviously I haven't finished it yet, but honestly, I'm hooked. Like it is such a fun, interesting, cool show. It's definitely, it's not quite horror, but there are certainly spooky elements to it. And it's sort of based around the HP Lovecraft mythos. Not really sure how much is like actually from his writings or just sort of around the writings of HP Lovecraft, just sort of like, you know, like weird horror I'm not like exactly sure what the genre is but right. anyway it's it's really cool um 
it was really interesting to watch the first two episodes because they sort of, like you were saying, like they feel like almost like a little mini movie. Um, and so been a really interesting show. I feel like there is, there are certainly horror and scary elements, but there's also a lot of just like fantasy and adventure. And, you know, it kind of spans the gamut of, uh, of things that I love. Uh, and so it's, it's been really, really cool to watch. So, um, Lovecraft country on HBO, I would highly recommend it. <laughs> well, I am <clears throat> nowhere near as good, uh, as you about being on theme <laughs> and we don't have any good binge watching on board games. So, I'm going to stick with your theme on spooky time, kind of, and say that finally, after all these many years, uh, I've started going through the old Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV show. And um, I think you've done, were there eight seasons? There's, there's seven. A, mm -hmm. There's a lot to watch though, right? But, yeah, seven or nine Hold on, I'm gonna look it up really fast. Yeah, look at look it up and see. And that was yeah, there's seven seasons. And nineties TV? Uh yes. It was ninety-seven to two thousand one. Um, and but there's also a, like a spin-off series as well. Um, so it's Buffy and then the spin-off series, which well, is well, I don't know if I'll get that far, but with, I haven't watched the spin-off series, yeah, just to be fair. Just with of creator <laughs> right so um it, just lots of tech nerds and whatever saying you know you you gotta watch Buffy and um it was almost like you and Doctor Who where I've watched I had started a couple of times and it just like this seems silly and now we're I can't remember if we're on season season two or season three I mean, to uh, be fair, Buffy is a little silly, but well, it's in absolutely a good silly, way. right? Yeah. Yes, but but yeah, I mean, and you know, it's not like Doctor Who's this big drama, right? Right. No, are, exactly. Right, right. But it, um, Buffy know. has a very similar vibe of like sort of really, really silly, but also really emotional at points as well. Right. Right. Um, and I am so excited that you are finally watching it. Yeah. It yeah. is so I like it is so near and dear to my heart, not because I watched it when I came out when it came out, but I but because I binged like seven se all seven seasons within like three months and I just fell in love <laughs> with the show. Well, it it, it is definitely monster of the week, which you know is fine. Uh, but it's also the um, you know, that genre of the uh, super empowered high school teenager, whatever, uh, and was probably early in the days for um, female with, um, why do I lose the term, with uh, choice, right? There's a name. Agency. Agency, right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, probably early on in the uh, one having uh, a female with agency I mean yeah more than agency like she's the thing right so yeah, yeah. um and I won't spoil I, that just reminded me of a future pick that I've got to put in there so I'll put that in the notes <laughs> and not spoil it here about uh yeah. female with with quite a bit of agency but anyway it's 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 been fun Giovanna and I are watching it together why am I blanking on the director um Joss Whedon yeah and 
so she and I talked about with Joss Whedon there and in the series so far, there isn't much that's wasted. So we pause all the time with pause the thing. That line from the beginning means this is going to happen. And like we're, we are, we are hashing out the plot and giving our, you know, here it, it would be horrible to watch with us because we are both hitting the pause button. Well, that means this is going to be this, you know, and we're just having fun with it. So yes, it's silly, but it's a lot of fun. So yeah, absolutely. It is. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good time. I would, I would highly recommend it. It definitely gets more serious in later seasons, but it's still a great watch and I think well worth yeah. it. Yeah. So we both got spooky picks kind of nice. for, for this one. So, um, and I'll have to admit they're like season one. I was so glad uh, spoiler alert that the, that the master goes away because I just hated his, his joking nature and his gross makeup <laughs> just drove me nuts. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. For sure. The makeup, the special effects certainly get better. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, I, I think that's uh, all the time we've got. That's way more than the time we had yeah. for today, but um, we'll see how we edit this thing. So what what a pleasure to do this and, and go down memory lane about all the board games we loved. And uh, we will, you are up next. And I don't know no. if you have a topic or if we'll just keep everybody in surprise. I, Suspense. I have, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I have a couple, I have a couple things uh, sort of in the, in the back of my head floating around that maybe, maybe would be fun to do. Um, so we'll see. I'll keep everyone in suspense because I don't want to promise something and then not deliver. Yeah, you know? yeah. I like that. I like that. All right. Well, thanks for being yeah. here. I had a blast. And, Me too. Uh, this was so fun. Yeah. This was a great episode. And I'm, uh, I hope you all listening have enjoyed it as much as we have. Probably and you know, not. This was no, really they like won't. But what, <laughs> we should probably change the order and try to get this out sooner rather than later just so people can buy all these games for their christmas and play board mm. games during your uh, christmas in pandemic and that isolation is, right yeah so. that's a good call for sure all right well thanks for being here it was a lot of fun it was i'll talk, talk to, to you later and talk. thanks everyone for listening yeah talk to you later bye everyone bye Thank you all for listening today. We'd love it if you subscribe to our show in your podcatcher of choice and if you would rate or review us on Spotify or Apple Podcast. And we'd love to hear from you as well. You can send us an email at info at theblackholecafe.com or let us know what's on your event horizon on the web at www.theblackholecafe.com or on Facebook and Instagram at The Black Hole Cafe or on Twitter at just Black Hole Cafe. Thanks again for listening. Take care and don't forget your towel. Holy crap. That's like two hours. <laughs> it's not. We didn't start recording until like an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. We and didn't start actually recording until that's like true. That's 8.17. So <laughs> okay. I checked. I looked. And I did. I did. I Well, okay. I have to tell you this story. So this is going to be really long to edit. I'm so sorry. But... <laughs> whoever, whichever one of us edits this, but I did want to tell you this because it was, uh, I was like posting drawings and one of the guys at work who I've been, who's been doing Inktober with me was like, Taylor, you've, I feel like you've been hiding 
a talent. Like what, why have we not heard about this? You know, whatever. And, and my drawings are, they're okay. They're not. Oh, no, they are they're way okay. more than okay. But you know, and <laughs> so, but I did basically what I responded was like, well, I am an only child and I spent a lot of time in my youth coloring and a lot of time with, and I mentioned, I told them this, I was like, well, my dad is also an architect by degree. And so he used to give me, even at like restaurants, he would give me cross hatching tips for how to color my menus <laughs> as a kid. And so I, I did spend, I was basically like, you know, it's, I did a lot of, did a lot of coloring and, and drawing and things growing up. And, you know, uh, that reminds I, me of a story oh, no. <laughs> with you and your youth. Oh, and coloring or whatever. And I can't remember who called me out on this, but it didn't even strike me as odd. But I was teaching you how to color outside the lines. Like quit uh -huh. staying, quit staying inside the lines. And here's how you'd make it. But it used to my like mild OCD couldn't handle it. Like I remember <laughs> we'd sit across my little table, my little drawing table, and you would we would each have our own coloring book or a page from a coloring book and we'd be drawing together and coloring it in. And you'd be doing these like sketchy like drawings. And I was just like, no, no, why are you outside of the lines? That's not okay. You have to be in the line. <laughs> Well, and the, the, the number one dad job that I was so good at is making sure that you were embarrassed too, because when we'd go to a restaurant and they'd bring the little kids menu, you could color. I'd ask for one for me too. And I'd be sketchy coloring the monkeys or yes, whatever absolutely. it was. Yeah. So I was like, that it, I did, I was explaining to them. I was like, it's something that I've done for uh, a long, long time, you know? Um, and I, had a, had a dad who was very willing to teach me how to color. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. So. Uh, got a, a new friend of mine and I was explaining to her that, that, you know, the architect in me, whatever, that drawing, sketching, doodling is also how I think, right? It's it, almost meditative, right? Like you, I'm going to sit down and doodle or sketch or do whatever. And, um, you know, that was probably an architecture thing, too, because we had to take drawing and I mean, I had to take life drawing classes and all this stuff in college. But even in the architecture side, it would it would kind of be if you want to know a thing or understand a thing, you need to draw it. Right. Because you're talking about it using a different part of your brain. You have to look at it differently and to do the drawing, you're looking at the space in between things and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's great follow-up to our iPad episode and, um, and finding creative things to do in the pandemic. <laughs> right. Yes. So it has become, become a much, much more, uh, you know, daily part of my life. So I've been enjoying it a lot. 